He knows his stuff and sure enough it's shooting the bull with Tom Snow. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Shooting the Bull with Tom Snow. I'm your host Tom Snow and this is going to be your weekly morning cup of history. Alright, so it's going to be a little bit on the shorter side and I am sorry that it is coming out on a Friday morning. So most of this stuff had already happened early in the week, but here we go. And just so you know, I'm not going to have time to edit this, so I'm going to take a break to drink my milk real quick. Ah, that was good stuff. <clears throat> All right, let's get started. June 6th, which was, I think, this past Sunday, June 6th, 1944, was the anniversary of D-Day. So I'm not going to go into a huge detail about D-Day. That would take way too long. But basically, D-Day was the invasion of Normandy in northern France. So a little bit of background, Nazi Germany had conquered all of France in 1940. By 1944, um, United States President Franklin Delano Roosevelt and British Prime Minister Winston Churchill decided that it was time to liberate France and open up a Western Front to invade Germany. The Soviet Union had already been invading from the East, and Joseph Stalin had been pressuring the Allies to open up another front. The Allied army that invaded Normandy consisted of over 150,000 soldiers. About half of these were American soldiers who were ordered to take Utah and Omaha beaches. Another 60,000 or so were British soldiers who were ordered to take gold and sword beaches. And the remaining 15 and 20,000 men were Canadians who were ordered to take Juneau Beach. So three different countries, five different beaches. Before the landing occurred, American and British warships pounded the living you-know-what out of the German defenses on the beach, or beaches. One of these ships was the USS Nevada, which was sunk at Pearl Harbor, raised and repaired, and sent over to the Atlantic Theater. The U.S. 82nd and 101st Airborne Divisions landed on the early morning hours of June 6th to secure roads coming from the beaches. And they secured beach uh, roads and bridges. And if you are a fan of the TV series Band of Brothers, that's based on the 101st Airborne Division. So the Allies succeeded in taking all five beaches despite taking over 10,000 casualties, including 4,000 dead soldiers. So it was a very bloody encounter. By the end of June 1944, nearly 900,000 Allied soldiers had crossed the English Channel into Normandy and eventually conquered the rest of France. So that's basically what D-Day was. It was it opened up the Western Front and it started the liberation of France and it eventually culminated in the invasion of Germany. Also, on June 6, 1968, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. Bobby Kennedy was the brother of the late President John F. Kennedy and was a huge proponent of civil rights. In 1968, he was running for president and was the favorite to win the Democratic, the Democratic primary. So he had just won the California primary when he was shot and killed by a Palestinian nationalist. So RFK supported Israel in the Six-Day War, which was earlier that year, and that, meant, um, that angered many Palestinians. So RFK was the second Kennedy to be killed in 
a span of roughly five years. Also on June 7th, 1776, Richard Henry Lee, a delegate to the Continental Congress from Virginia, proposed a resolution that stated that the, that the 13 colonies were free and independent states, absolved of any allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connections between themselves and the state of Great Britain is, and have, and have right ought to be, totally dissolved. So this sets up the road to the Declaration of Independence. Now, just so you know, the Founding Fathers didn't just show up to work on July 4th and decided to, to declare independence. It was an end product of a long, tedious process. So, many members by June of 1776 were still not really on board with independence. The most notable example is John Dickinson of my native state of Pennsylvania. So, it just shows you how lousy Pennsylvania is. Um... On the same note, on June 11th, the President John Hancock, who was President of the Continental Congress and the world's best autographer, appoints five members to draft a rough copy of the Declaration of Independence, should Congress decide to pass it. And spoiler alert, it does. Those five guys are Benjamin Franklin, who we all know, John Adams, who most of you probably know as well, second President of the United States. Roger Sherman, Robert Livingston, two guys you probably don't know, and a new delegate to the Congress by the name of Thomas Jefferson. Because he's the newbie, Jefferson is selected to write the Declaration of Independence. Also, I was kind of joking, mainly because he was considered the best writer, and he's very popular in Congress, So, he did, unlike John Adams, who made a lot of enemies. So they thought if a popular person writes it, then the guys who might be on the fence would be like, all right, I'll... I like Tommy over here, so I'll, you know, I'll get you, cut you guys a break, and I'll, I'll sign my name on it. So, Jefferson's final draft was very well written, but it was not too original, as it, he basically copied word-for-word -word phrases from Lee's resolution and the Mecklenburg Declaration of Independence. So, for example, the last paragraph in the Declaration of Independence literally says the exact words of the Lee Declaration, basically that these 13 states are and have a right ought to be free and independent states, absolved of any allegiance for the British crown, yada, yada, yada. The only real change that the rest of the committee makes after proofreading the Declaration was it removed any reference to slavery because most of them had slaves and they felt kind of awkward reading that part. So back to the Revolutionary War, on June 13th, we have a birthday. Uh, that birthday boy is Joseph Warren. Now, Joseph Warren is someone I consider the forgotten founding father. He, is the, he was a protege of John Hancock and Sam Adams and a prominent leader of the Boston Sons of Liberty. It was Joseph Warren that ordered Paul Revere and William Dawes to do their famous midnight ride to warn the villages of Lexington and Concord that the British were coming. Dr. Joseph Warren was killed at the Battle of Bunker Hill after he turned down a chance to be a general and decided to fight along this, with the rest of the men. Also, the, rounding, this, um, rounding this up for the week, um, another birthday for this week was Anne Frank. She was born on June 12, 1929. So Anne Frank was a young Jewish woman who was best known for keeping a diary during the Holocaust. 
Anne Frank was born in Germany, but moved to Amsterdam with her family when Adolf Hitler became, came into power in the 1930s. Unfortunately, Amsterdam was captured by the Nazis in 1940, the same year they took over France. Frank and her family lived in hiding for several years. She received a diary for her 13th birthday and wrote in it frequently until she was arrested by the Gestapo and taken to a concentration camp. She died in 1945 of typhoid, months before the camp was liberated by British soldiers who came over on the D-Day landings. So that's kind of a good way to tie up the um, this week with the D-Day landings in the beginning. It kind of shows you how important those D-Day landings were when the liberation of Europe from Nazi rule. And then you have a bunch of stuff about the American Revolution in the middle and the RFK assassination. So I hope you guys like this episode. Um, I know it's a little bit short and sweet, but I think it has a lot of the really important stuff that happened this week in history. So join me next week when I have another episode of this of Morning Cup in History, as well as another episode about Pirates of the Mediterranean. All right, guys, see you then. He knows his stuff, and sure enough, it's shooting the 